Welcome to the Salty Hair Self-Care Conversations. Join me, Claire Fole, as I chat with thought leaders, wisdom leaders and self-care believers as we explore what taking care of ourselves looks like. So welcome, lovelies. In this conversation, I'm talking with Kelly Gunther. Uh, and it's so funny, I have recorded this introduction several times and this conversation that you're about to hear, we actually recorded twice, um, which I think that kind of sums up just what Kel is talking about is so hard to um, describe in a succinct way um, and even to capture in a conversation. Kelly, I think the thing that I think of um, was I read a post by Kelly and she said, do you realise that the initials of Mother Earth equals me? And that kind of sums up what she talks about. She's really exploring and supporting women in how we deal with ourselves and treat ourselves is a reflection of how we treat the earth. And so she really looks at our personal spiritual practices and um, care and also how we are living with the earth uh, so it's a fascinating uh, work that Kel does and this conversation weaves its way through that so I hope you enjoy so welcome to this week's Zim Zum self-care conversation today I am talking with the gorgeous Kelly Gunther um, and I'm going to introduce you to her in just a moment uh, but first as always we're going to open up this space and to do that we're going to take just three big deep breaths together um, so you might want to close your eyes you might want to lower your gaze you might want to do none of the above um, but just make yourself comfortable and we will Take that gorgeous first big deep breath in through our nose and let that go out through your mouth. We take another big deep breath in through your nose and let that go out through your mouth. We take that third big deep breath in through your nose. And then let that go out through your mouth. And I always love that as we do that, as we open this space, we breathe together, our hearts start to beat together, which is just such a, a beautiful intention for this time that we're about to spend together and as we prepare to start I would like to acknowledge the Garingai people as the traditional custodians of the land where I sit. I recognise and respect their cultural heritage, beliefs and relationship with this land since time began. I pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging 
and acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as the first people of Australia. They have never ceded sovereignty and remain strong in their enduring connection to land, waters and culture. As we get started, I set the intention that our conversation will be a source of joy and of soul connection for us as we explore ideas and wisdom around sustainable spirituality and self-care uh, and that these ideas might be useful and valuable for you listening um, and that we will all receive what we need to and collectively feel connected and nourished. So welcome Kel. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I um, was reflecting, to those of you watching, we actually recorded this conversation a few months ago and then I listened to it as I was about to share it with you and I was like, no, we need to, we need to do this again. We've, we've both come so far in what we're doing. So I am deeply grateful to you, Kel, for um, your time again um, and for saying yes to kind of exploring all of this further. Um, and it's a real testament. I, I love reflecting as I prepare for these conversations and as I reflected on you, it, it was only about six months ago that I met you online um, and I was really drawn to your, your fierce passion um, but also your complete kindness and gentleness within that fierceness. Um, I love that you take a completely practical approach to um to life but then that's also mixed in with this beautiful spirituality um and there's never an ounce of dogmatic kind of umness to your to your approach to life so um and i think that that is reflected as well in when you told me a little bit about your background that you've been an environmental scientist for 20 years you're a yoga instructor a certified intuitive guide it's no wonder that you have this beautiful well-rounded kind of approach to life because that's your background as well you cover a lot of bases um, and I love that that I always feel when I'm talking to you that you bring knowledge and wisdom to the table so um welcome well, that was an amazing introduction. Thanks, wow. Sally. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, where I wanted to start our conversation tonight, because your work is um, around spiritual sustainability, and we're going to come to that. Um, but what prompted me a few months ago to reach out to you was I had this um, day and I was at the beach and I happened to have the beach to myself um and I went to dive in and there was so much rubbish in the water that it took like 25 minutes if I did three loads just of getting everything that I could taking it to the bin and come back collected it all up and took it back and it was both distressing and upsetting to do that but as I was doing it this thought really came to me that how we're treating the earth and how we're treating ourselves is very similar. You know, as, as we um, 
that yeah that that rates of depression and anxiety and these are all going up and the state of the earth is is um, not in a good way and it just in that moment seemed very clear and as I had that thought the next thought was well Kel would know about this um so that's kind of where I wanted to start and and I'll stop talking in one moment but I loved a few weeks ago you wrote a post and you said I just realized that the initials of mother earth are me and it kind of just sums it all up um so where do we go with that let's let's dive into exploring it the earth ourselves how we're treating them is this linked absolutely so I couldn't think about planet Earth until I was thinking about myself. And I'll expand on that a little bit. So back before I had children, so let's call it BC, <laughs> a lot of mums listening that before children, yeah. I had more time and I was probably more connected to the spiritual realm, even though I wasn't really even calling it that. And I, I was working as an environmental scientist, but really in my consciousness on a day-to-day basis, Mother Earth wasn't there. Like, you know, we were doing the recycling and all that sort of stuff. I thought I was looking after myself. I was going to yoga classes. Yoga as in the physical yoga, not really that deeply connected. I was doing a little bit of meditation at that point. And then kids came along and I went back to work part-time also. So it was sort of a three, four-year period where there was children and pregnancy and part-time work. And then on top of that, we decided to renovate the house. And I was just really in fight-flight mode Mm. a lot of the time. Mother Earth didn't really even enter my consciousness that much. And if I go back to when I was a little kid and this is only in hindsight, it's taken me the last probably two years to realize that when I was a little kid, I always had this core value that mother earth was something special to me. Mm -hmm. So the eggs on Valdez ran aground. I wrote a poem about it. 14. Right. And at that point, 14, 15, I was starting to really enjoy science and in particular uh, geology. So rocks, I had a really great geology teacher. And at that point, at 15, I went, I'm going to become an environmental scientist. And I did. And it wasn't until I went back two years ago and was like, oh, Mother Earth is a core value of mine. What the hell has happened? So I was in such a stressed out state. So when we're in stressed states, cortisol levels rise and we move more into the primal brain. And we're just thinking survival. We're just thinking, what do I need to do to make sure I'm safe and I'm fed, essentially? Mm-hmm. So it's safety and physiological needs are met when you're in that stress mode. Yeah. So I wasn't looking after myself. So, of course, I wasn't looking after Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my husband and I, we essentially together had a breakdown and went this life is not working we like we had gone so far down one track that we almost lost all our money (laughs) half a house 
and we just sat there and looked at each other and I was like, this, this is not what we signed up for. Mm-hmm. This is like we're, we're going to have two kids in school 10 hours a day because they'd have to go to before and after school care and we're going to be in full-time jobs to pay off a house. Mm-hmm. Is this really what we want? And we both looked at it and went, nah, we don't. And we just went, we just want bush and beach, bush and beach. And we just kept repeating it, bush and beach. And then it was like, right, well, let's look at the money thing. What can we sort out? Can we sell the house? Can we, you know, can we rent the house? Ended up being able to rent the house. So one massive weight is lifted out of survival mode. The money pictures lifted out of survival mode. So as soon as you start lifting yourself out of these survival modes, that's when your core values and what's most important to you can start to creep back in and that's what happened to us like we we moved out of sydney as a decision to nurture ourselves and to get close to bush and beach my husband's a, a like a fish <laughs> better live in the water and deep down i'd just bloody forgotten how much i love trees and it just, just wasn't around them enough like it's just something so basic it's really basic. Like I just go, God, I love trees. Mm. I just love them. And it was really, that was the point where I started to, to then realize, Oh, you know, we all have a set of core values, whatever they are. And mother nature was one of mine and I just forgotten. And it wasn't until collectively together my husband and I as a family unit, we came back and we said, this is what's important to us and let's journey down that pathway. And then the things that are no longer important, they drop off and the stuff that stresses you out and it drops off and you get out of survival mode because you're looking after yourself. You've set boundaries. Then you can start the reconnection with Mother Earth. You know, you still probably, like we the trees and the bush bloody well helped us. Didn't <laughs> like as soon as we came here, things happened faster because we really had that, we had the natural environment and there's a lot of science these days to say that in actual fact, that being in the natural environment is replenishing. It's restorative, just being in it. So that's, that's why we, we are the planet and again more science it's like the, the, the planet's a closed system we formed from the big bang this one singular event and all the matter and we won't discuss matter because <laughs> <laughs> it's really just energy condensed into matter mm-hmm. none of it has left the planet so it's just cycling through we're an organism. We are organic. We're part of the ecosystem. And it's just that the system that we're in at the moment has decided to go, oh, no, humans are something special. There's something separate. So you identifying the rubbish as an example of how far down the wrong track we've gone is the same as how we treat ourselves. We pollute ourselves as well, mm. as well as the water, as well as the air. And it's until you stop polluting yourself, it's until you stop, you know, 
your your addictions essentially and addictions can come in many forms and i'm not just talking alcohol and drugs i'm talking online shopping i had a major addiction to online shopping mm. chocolate alcohol yes um any number of things that are external to you that make you feel good and you need to have them to make you feel good yeah this in here is all you need to make you feel good yeah. You can make yourself feel good. And it's the minute you realise that is the minute that you can flip yourself out of survival mode. Absolutely. And I think as you're talking, it occurs to me that when this isn't feeling good, and I know that I, I do this myself, when this isn't feeling good, there is a tendency to want to then distract over here in order to not pay attention to what's not feeling good and to tap into that and to make those changes, but rather um, to scroll here on Facebook or to eat or to um, do those mindless things that take us away from connecting back in there. So I'll give you, I'll give you an example tonight. I, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm still in a full-time day job and today was stressful. And I had a last minute thing that I needed to get out. Like it seriously went out at quarter past seven, Claire. <laughs> and I'd said a number of times, I'm like, I have something at eight o'clock tonight and you're not interfering with that. And I got stressed. I got stressed today and I could feel myself spiraling down. You feel this spiraling down of like, oh, I'm going to cancel. I'm going to call this. I'm not in the right head space. I'm not in the right soul space to talk about what my soul really wants to freaking talk about. <laughs> I was going to cancel it. You know what? And then a little voice in the back of my head, she goes, no, 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 you're not going to cancel because you get to talk about what you really want to talk about at eight o'clock. You're going to go and meditate and it'll be fine. Yeah. You're not going to let today destroy that. So, and that's what you talk about self-care and that's essentially that. Once you have the consistency of self-care, that little voice in your head, she gets a lot louder. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing such a solid um, example of that because I feel like it can feel so flaky to say self-care is about choosing yourself. But that is just such a pertinent and I think we can all identify with that so much that like, oh, this has gotten so busy, I'm just not going to choose myself. Exactly. Yeah. Such a beautiful example of just like uh, of that wisdom that, like you said, it resides within us that says, no, no, that has taken up enough of the day. Let's reclaim kind of myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's really interesting. I had something very similar earlier today. I woke up and just felt, and, and I was just, going to continue on that trajectory I knew how the day was going to play out and then I was the same I had this moment of just like Claire get your ass to the beach go for a walk and then we'll talk and it was just like such a you know a slap around the head of just like you know this like you get to make this choice um so thank you it is such a beautiful yeah you've just articulated it so beautifully and I guess that kind of then ties in that as we have choices with ourselves, so we have choices 
with the environment. Correct. So that's our external world. And so once you're starting, and, it, and it's not, what I want to say is none of this is separate. It can all happen concurrently. Mm. So for example, what my husband and I did, we just merely started to state we wanted bush and beach. And we found a solution to get that. Mm. And as we were still getting our way out of this survival and stress mode, mm. we were then starting to take moves in the outside world. So that's where we go, this is how we consciously want to live. What does that look like? What, like, where, like, where's the end point? Like, what, what would be our ideal goal? And lots of people these days are going, oh, I want to be zero waste. Mm-hmm. Zero waste is super hard to, to, to do, right? But it's a great, um, one of our joint mentors, Mitley, mm-hmm. it's a great aspiration. Yeah. And you know what? You have an aspiration like that and eventually you can start to make little changes in the outside world and then while you're still looking after yourself, so you're not, what I don't want women and in particular women to to think is that sustainable actions aren't more work. It's just a rethinking about how the house is run. And I'm not saying that a woman should do all this work herself. What I'm saying is she needs to sit a partner down and get their buy-in as well. It's really, really critical because obviously if you want to live a certain way, whoever you're living with needs to have buy-in with that. Yeah. And these incremental steps at the outside, you're starting to raise your conscious awareness and you're starting to raise yourself out of the the base level of the the, the hierarchy of um, needs. Yes. So you, you're moving out of that survival mode. Physiological needs are met. Your safety is met. You can then shift into the self-esteem, which is the self-care. But then you're shifting into that you're, t- you're starting to look after. You're starting to see the bigger picture. Yeah. Starting to see, oh, there's something bigger than me. It's not just... It's not just the physical form that I'm seeing. There's something bigger. And everyone feels that when they go somewhere beautiful naturally. Yeah. Like we all want to go on a holiday where it's, you know, something we haven't experienced before from a natural perspective. And when we get there, we just sit there and we go, oh. And you feel that sense of awe and wonderment of that, that, that thing that's something bigger than us. So yeah. you could universe you can call it divine you can call it ishwara pradyata which is from yoga um infinite consciousness consciousness it's that thing yeah and that's where you're starting to head once you shift out of survival mode once you're nurturing yourself yeah and that you're fierce in that nurturing that you keep come to back coming back to that because you know if you nurture yourself so coming back to that mother earth is me you nurture yourself well, you can do all that stuff around the house because you don't feel like fatigued to do it. Yes. Yes. It's so true. And it's, it's also as, as you're speaking, the reverse that I find um, happens to me, not weekly, but on a, on a fairly regular basis is that at the moment I'm reading so much and, and I hit points of, where it all feels too much. But what I have found is it's not about stopping 
the reading. Maybe it's taking a break for a day, but it's coming back in. It signals to me that I'm not taking care of myself, that that has slipped a little and that I've kind of come out here too far without remembering um, exactly as you're saying, to keep nurturing that place in order to have the energy to keep doing. Yeah, and I think that, that there's actually been a couple of things on Facebook this last week where there was a great post from one of my friends on Facebook. It was a bit of a plea. It was like how, you know, he was sort of saying that he didn't think that the system was ever going to change and that, you know, that we could really all be facing a mass extinction in only 15 or 20 years and he'll still be quite young. Like how do people deal with that? How are you going to deal with that? And I think that that's where if you can, if you have this solid base, this solid connection to yourself, which in turn is a solid connection to this, the universe Mm -hmm. and something bigger than yourself, regardless of what happens into the future, we can't keep living there and projecting ourselves there. That's where suffering is. Yeah. All the spiritual traditions, if you project yourself back into the past, suffering. If you project yourself into the future, suffering. Yeah. All you can do is be present and be here and now. And I just, I was so excited when, he, like, even though he was feeling, of course, quite disengaged and disenchanted with what's happening in society and with the media that if we can come back to love if we can come back to gratefulness for what you have right now and make it really simple Mm. I loved what you just said then if if you're reading too much if there's too much in your feed that's really starting to make you feel bad then don't look at it or turn those things off for a bit like I have had to turn some things off myself. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I know that they have a purpose, but I want to try to make change and action from love and gratitude. Yeah. Not from fear and anger. And, oh, fuck, we're all going to die. Yeah. Right? That's fear. You're acting from fear. We want to act from, oh, I really just love trees or I really love the beach or I really want to you know like you I really want to clean up this beach to make it look beautiful again yeah you know to act from that space yeah yeah and it feels so much better doesn't it when we keep coming back to like that inner wisdom that it feels like when we can come at it from love and we tap into that infinite whatever we want to call it rather than when it's fear it's just me alone having to solve this you know which is yeah that's right it's not it's not the collective yeah yeah Yeah. and there was a beautiful example just before um the election where I really had this thought that um if we can commune and raise our energy raise our vibration our frequency towards gratitude compassion love kindness so the higher vibrations yeah and to be acting from that space and a woman online she contacted me after seeing one of my posts and she said I just love this idea this is fantastic 
And she reported back that she was working with one of her local activism groups and they were starting to get worked up one day. And she said she just sat them down and guided them through a meditation. And she said they all felt heaps better afterwards and realised that that was a better place to act from. And I was like, yes. (laughs) I have goosebumps. That's amazing, Kel. That is... Yeah. So, like, so even the activists that you would traditionally associate with perhaps being a little bit more assertive in the way they express themselves, mm. which there is, there's a purpose for that in our society. Um, but people who have been in it for a long time will suffer like fatigue from it. You know, so if you want to still be an activist, that's what we're exactly talking about. You've got to come back to love. And why are you being an activist? Because you love the environment. Absolutely. And and none of us are any good to any cause if we're anxious and depressed and overwhelmed and just in a corner and, and, um, you know, and so again, it comes back to that just that we're one in the same, that me and mother earth neither of us neither cause is is furthered by not taking care of ourselves the whole purpose is about taking better care then we need to do that yeah and it's so interesting as well I I read a statistic the other day I, I don't have it on me but it was talking about specifically about kids and activism and they were saying that when we show our kids what they can do rather than just the problem with the environment specifically, the psychological well-being of the kids was so much more um, that they were feeling much less anxious about things when they had action that they could take. And I just loved that. I thought that was such an example. There was something like 27 university um, studies were backing this up from around the world. I will find it and pull it out. But it, I loved that, that it's saying taking action not only makes things happen, but it makes you feel good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, t- I, I agree with that wholeheartedly because I can see what my boys do and I'm, I reckon your girls do it too because yeah. I've heard a lot of reports from mums. Yeah. That picking up the things on the beach, like the take three for the sea. Like they, you know, as soon as Ethan could read, he's like, oh, take three for the sea. And that Sean and I were picking up stuff off the beach as well. And so like immediately, like one time, and they're like, right, Mark, we're just going to pick up rubbish. Whenever there's rubbish, we'll pick it up. I know. You know to the point of being embarrassing, isn't it? Like today yes. we were in, in the car waiting and Lulu's like, mum, let me out of the car. I was like, no, Lulu, it's raining. We're in the car park line. She goes, no, mum, I can see some rubbish out there. I need to get out. And I was like, honey, I promise I'll pick it up tomorrow, but we're not doing that right now. Like, <laughs> but they do. They just, they love it. And they, yes, they get it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think... It's something else that I saw you writing about recently was that so many of us are disengaging as a way of coping from just the the information, the the overload, the overwhelm. Um, but I love that what you're talking about um, is the is the antidote to that is to engage in it rather than disengage. 
which feels yeah. which feels and so powerful. It's just small steps. Yeah, and just and like I just said, just small steps. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to jo- You don't have to become an activist. Yeah. If you don't want to be, but yeah. if you're starting, if you're taking action at home, you are an activist. If you yeah. have that passion to look after your planet that you live on, your home, you you are an activist. You don't you don't have to tell anyone about it. Although I do encourage you to share your message and what you're doing on social media because it's a very powerful tool. And the more and more people that share what they're actually doing at home, no matter what it is, you start to have this ripple effect and it magnifies. And you never know who you might inspire to start taking action themselves. Like you could be the, the catalyst for someone else to start taking actions. And, and, and that's how movements and change occurs. Yeah. You know, so if you are taking actions at home, whatever they are, or you love the planet, or you love something particular about the environment, and you like using social media, then say something about it because you just never know who that might inspire to move, to do something. Absolutely. And that's the community aspect. Yeah. And that's, that's the connection. We're humans. We want to connect. And for us to survive, we need it. We need it. We're going to need that connection. We're going to need that community. Yeah. And it's that connection in and out and then sideways, isn't it? That it's. Yeah. 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 So I see it like three moving balls. (laughs) It's like three spheres. I haven't quite, I haven't got a really nice picture of it yet, but I can see it in my head. I love that. And, it, and it's also interwoven and separate but one as well, isn't it? And, it's, yes. Yes. and I love that you can get on the bus at any of those balls and they'll Correct. all lead um, to the other as well. That's right. And some, somebody might be taking loads of action for the environment but they're really fatigued because they're not looking after themselves and they can't hear their soul. So they're not, you know, they're not getting, they're not getting the body sphere and they're not getting the soul sphere they're doing all this work but they're not you know connected with it Mm -hmm. and bringing them back into alignment and that's really what it is is this dynamic alignment of the spheres moving because some days you might be more in your body than you are present in the earth or your soul and vice you know it's going to change daily feel into that yeah where you are or you might be a very spiritual person and really connected with your soul. Spend some time in your body, but not, you know, but you're still getting all your disposable containers from the takeaway shop and you're still getting your disposable coffee cup. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you still are really consuming quite a lot where you could be reducing packaging and, you, you know, things like that. And that's where you're sort of a bit out of kilter and just starting to make some changes as the balls move, then you can start bringing in the alignment again. Yeah, I love that, which is a beautiful segue to kind of coming full circle to what it is that you do your business, which is this beautiful term, spiritual sustainability. Um, And, I mean, we've kind of alluded to that and everything that we have talked about is spiritual sustainability. But do you want to just 
walk us through it. What what does spiritual sustainability mean um, and what does it look like? So it's a philosophy and it's really coming back in line to live within the spiritual laws and the ecological laws. Now that's quite you know, that's out here. What the hell are you talking about? It's a big well, statement. <laughs> that's a big statement. But it's the end of separation. And what I just described to you then was these three balls that are spinning around and they're sort of within this miasma of the universe as well. So the universe is all around your life. And I can help you and any wherever you're at on that journey. If you need to get back into your body to be able to access your intuition and connect with earth, well, then we start there. Mm. If you're in your body and you're really connected to your body, you're starting to take some actions in the earth, but you can't hear your intuition, mm. well, then we start there. If you're racked with fear and in total survival mode and stressed, well, we start there. Yeah. You know? If you're doing all this environmental stuff, but you're not looking after yourself, well, we start there yeah. and we bring you back into this dynamic alignment. And it's really a dynamic alignment to your purpose is to serve the greater whole. Mm -hmm. And how that looks to you is going to be different for everyone. And you can do that while you're saving the planet. Mm. And that's really what spiritual sustainability is. I love that. And so and it's sorry, in, in that you're gonna you're gonna end suffering. You're not gonna, you know, you're gonna know like what we were just describing when you're feeling all shitty mm. by having that dynamic balance and being able to feel into each aspect of your life means that you'll be able to basically when you feel, you know, you feel either stressed or um, too busy or rushed yeah. um, or perhaps hopeless. you're feeling yeah. hopeless, depressed, you'll have ways to bring yourself back into alignment. Yeah, I love that. And, and feeling into those three is just so beautiful that to notice what's lagging and what's, you know, that, that you can play and articulate um, those different kind of, elements and spheres within ourself um is such a, a beautiful way of, of viewing and like navigating the world isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. it's um it's certainly helped my, my how I live my life and what I'm feeling at any moment and I think that there's probably a lot of women who were raised that you had to you know well this is the path you're on and um, and this is what you have to do when you have children. And there's a significant lack of support for mm. mums these days. Like we got raised, get it, you can get a job, you can have everything, you can have kids, you can look after the house as well. And there's a lot of women out there running around thinking they have to do it all without any support. And that's what I bring them. I can yeah. bring them support. And what I, what I really would hope that our sessions and they're one-on-one -on -one sessions, it's that, and they're fortnightly, that it's kind of like a mini retreat every fortnight so that you come online for 90 minutes and it's you time. Yeah. 
and you get listened to and you get heard and you get solutions that fit into your life. So they're not, you know, they're not stock standard solutions. Yeah. Everyone's going to be different. I love that. And, and I think that's, that's again where it really draws on your that amazing kind of background that we were talking about from environmental scientist to yoga teacher and an intuitive um guide and that like I know that when we've spoken I've loved the just very specific and practical and doable um things you've said to me like around what to use in the washing machine and then I've kind of been like, oh, yeah, this is good. Keep going. And you're like, no, start there. Just start there. You know, let's do this one step at a time. And I really um, honour that and value that, that, that you have such a sense of, of what is needed. You've walked this. Um, you've been making these changes in your life. And so you know uh, how that rolls out. Yeah, we, um, I think also what I've learned with um, yoga is that if you give people too much to do when they're starting to make changes, it's too overwhelming. And I'm trying to shift you out of overwhelm. Yes. <laughs> I want you to feel like you're coming to see me and it's a treat. You know, it's, 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 it makes me feel really good. Um, and then I feel like I've got, you know, I've got this little kit bag now that I can take into my day and use whenever I need it. Yeah. And the simpler those things are, the easier they are. And that's what I've learned as well. Like, and I'm sure you talk of that as well with self-care, mm. that the, the little of the tasks are that are for self-care and same with spiritual sustainability that you can litter it throughout your day and eventually in my blissful stage I will just be you know in one big ritual the whole day totally well it's the moving prayer isn't it you know yeah, yeah the moving prayer yeah and I feel like like I I do have moments where it happens and then I have moments where it doesn't but that even like I have started to love going to put the stuff into the worm farm which you could have told me that and I'd be like that's just another bloody chore but actually it's I love it it's a real aha moment for me when you've described Kel that coming out of survival mode to a point where you actually have the bandwidth to enjoy things more um, yeah. Last time that we tried to um, make these changes, we had a new baby. You know, when I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, survival mode. That's why it felt like such hard work. Um, yeah. So that's real. Just as we're talking, um, and I think, and it's something that I, I get frustrated with women when they're like, oh, I'm just so busy. Like, I can't. You know, next week I'll get to it get to my self-care I'm like if you're busy this is when you need it most but this you've reflected compassion to me of of what's happening for them and and that um inner state that they're in so I'm really grateful to you for um, illuminating light on that <laughs> that was me when I had babies as oh. well it's like you know if someone said to me you should go and meditate I probably would have screamed at them yeah 
Yeah. Well, people all the time said to me, they were so well-meaning, said, go and do something nice for yourself. And I would literally turn back around and just kind of, you know, it was the hardest thing to do. I, you know, that's a whole other story, but it's, it's really um, beautiful to be able to tap back into that and be like, oh yeah, it wasn't, that's what was happening in a wider picture. And um, when things are feeling too hard to be able to say for, you know, to have that awareness for ourselves, oh, I'm just, I'm tipping back into that survival mode. Well, what's going on there? Where can I steer myself out of that? Yeah. And that it's okay that sometimes I want people to feel it's okay. Like it's, it's life. It's a journey. There's no destination. And like I said, with those three balls, like there might be someday that you're on all your environment, you know, all your eco-friendly tasks in the house, whatever you've started doing in the house, you're on them, Yeah, you know, and you can feel that you're on them and you can feel really in your intuition, your body is fine. And then there'll be a day where it all goes to shit. Yeah. Right. And that you come back to just the basic techniques to make you feel in your body yeah and that's it and that's okay yeah it's that self-compassion isn't it it's like today I'm going to just retreat in tomorrow we start again you know it's just yeah yeah. so can Kel there's two there's a great quote from you which I just have to share with people just because it's fantastic um and that is you don't give a shit about the planet until you give a shit about yourself which I just love I think that just it's very Kelly (laughs) it's a a Kel quote (laughs) but I just think sometimes when we need to kick up the butt um and I would say in reverse as well you're not giving a shit about yourself until you're giving a shit about the planet you know it's that kind of cycle we've been talking about um but to kind of before we wrap up those three spheres that we've been talking about, the um, environmental, the, the physical and the soul. soul, could you give us one kind of tip or action point on each of those? Um, just something really simple um, that you would kind of say, this is something you can do tomorrow um, if, if you can feel that's is out of um, kilter. So if you're really finding that you're not in your body mm-hmm. and we all need to, this, this, this is our physical body. It's part of this experience that we're having here on earth. <laughs> you need to enjoy it because there's quite a lot of nice things that the body can do for us. Let's <laughs> not deny that. So if you're feeling like you're not in your body or you feel like perhaps I need to move or do something to get myself back into my body, a walk and a walk outside yeah. is, is going to help you get back in your body. And there's actually research that shows that even resting outside, not even necessarily walking outside, can, you can feel more restored by even just going and sitting in a park. Wow. So that you will feel instantly so get out into nature okay we can all do that so that's 
that's the body, yeah, the soul. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to abdicate for gratefulness because, yeah. as Dr. Joe Dispenza says, the minute that you are grateful, you have already accepted that you've received what it is you desire and that you're already grateful for it. And gratefulness has just, it's just changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can feel it now. And I guess probably the easiest way for mums to access gratefulness is maybe go back to the first time that baby was with you, like really with you. And you felt, you look down at your newborn baby, because this is what I use a lot, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> you look down at your newborn baby and you just, that feeling that you had when you first held them. And that is deep gratefulness. And you can use that to, to elicit that gratefulness feeling. And then what will end up happening, the more that you do it, you may not actually need to have past experiences to raise the gratefulness within you. You'll probably start like randomly, oh, this cup of coffee, this is the best <laughs> I've had all week. And I'm so grateful for it because the kids were full on this morning before getting to school, you know, those sorts yeah. of moments. And yes. you, you'll sit there and you go, oh, that's what Claire and Kelly were talking about, that I feel that gratefulness is just a bloody cup of coffee. Totally. And you're just seeing the beauty everywhere. You're like, oh, did you see that sunrise this morning? Yeah. And like, yeah. So that's really, you're starting to connect in with your heart and your soul and you're connecting in with the universe and that, that thing that's bigger than us. And that's really the easiest way into that sphere. And then in relation to earth, mm. oh God, which one am I going to pick? There's <laughs> this is very practical yeah have a look and I like this one because it's probably the one that astounded Sean and I the most was have a look at your recycling bin see what the biggest component is in your recycling bin and see if you can change something that would mean that that's not in your recycling bin did I say that well enough I know what you mean. Give the example because I know the example. So you. my example is we love kombucha, but we, we don't have the space here at the moment to be making it. It'll probably end up happen where we make our own kombucha. Yeah. But at the moment we, we don't. So there was a period of time and we'd stopped drinking a lot of alcohol. So we're like, we want a nice drink to have. Yeah. A real drink. Yeah, end of the day, and we were getting a lot of kombucha, and they were coming in the 500 mil plastic bottles. And I looked in the bin, and it was also mineral water too. And I looked in the bin, and I was like, that is like 80% of that recycling bin, and that's disgraceful. I'm like, let's just not have kombucha. Sean asked for a soda stream for Christmas. He got a soda stream for Christmas. We now only get kombucha, very special occasions, kind of like alcohol. Yeah. Um, and yeah. The recycling bin has, I'm astounded with the recycling bin, it's halved. Sean has also done extra work, like the kids have cold meat for their sandwiches mm-hmm. and it was coming in hard plastic containers, lots of little ones. And I'm like, oh, what can we do about that? Oh, we'll just go to the deli. You can take your own container to the deli. Amazing. And that's stop that. Yeah. Now, I'm sure people are sort of going, oh, but recycling's good, Kelly. Oh, in Australia, recycling's not so great. Mm-hmm. Glass, aluminium, steel cans, yes. 
plastic, not so much. We're not there yet. Yeah. So if you can pull back on your recycling, it means you really are contributing to reducing your footprint. Amazing. Thank you. They are such fantastic um, tips and they're just so doable and we can each take them and enact them tomorrow. Um, so that's really my invitation to us all. And I'm going to be sharing um, as, as this kind of releases where I'm feeling that and what that is calling to me um, to do. And I really, really um, invite you to do the same and share below which one of those you're going to do. So if you're feeling like you need to get into your body, that getting outside, go for a walk, but even just go outside. Um, and, and that kind of, it's not just, just step outside, just I step outside in order to come into my body. It's that conscious, uh, intentional. Um, and this, likewise, if it's kind of getting in touch with that soul, heart, God, universe, Marge, whatever you want to call it, uh, is that really feeling into gratitude. Uh, that moment with the baby, but just that, like Kel said, it's that moment of conscious receiving. I love to think of it as. Um, or thirdly, um, if it's you're feeling really practical and where am I going to, um, how can I help the earth today? So look in your recycling bin and I love that tip so much. And we've done it a few times, but it, it's a great ongoing um, way of just kind of monitoring what's next, what, what are we going to um, tackle next. So, Kel, thank you so much. I'm going to... Um, tag you and pop all the um, links down below so that people can follow along and just keep following and 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 uh, just enjoying your wisdom um, because I love I know at the beginning I said I love that Kel is she's fierce but compassionate and you're practical but spiritual and and you know you kind of really um, I'm like a tree yeah yeah <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you so much for sharing all of that wisdom with us today, Kel, and thank you for joining us. And uh, I hope you have a beautiful week and make sure it is filled with joy and peace. Until then, see you later. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this Salty Hair self-care conversation. I hope you are feeling nourished, connected, a sense of aliveness, the way talking about ideas does. And maybe, wow, I didn't realise there were other people who felt like this too. If that's you, you may be interested in our Salty Hair Self-Care membership, a beautiful, inclusive community of women, monthly online circles and gatherings, regular prompts and inspiration, and a sense of belonging and being surrounded by others who are also exploring what it means to take care of themselves. Membership is currently $25 a month and that'll be going up to $40 a month shortly. There's a link below to come and join us. If you're listening on iTunes, I would love you to subscribe, rate and leave a review. That helps others find these conversations too. And finally, I would love to connect with you over on Facebook and Instagram at Salty Hair Self Care. Until next week, keep weaving joy and peace into your day. Bye.